you know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Well, no sense worrying about it now. Why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. No one only a dollar ninety nine buys you at Ponderosa right now. You'll get nothing like it. Swatch. What? Hot is dead. Pontiac Fiero. It says one hundred percent guaranteed, you moron. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. My density has brought me to you. But it's only authentic if it says members only right here. Live once again from Spuds McKenzie's studio, welcome to Living in the 80s, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s, the best that we remember. Yes, we are back in Casa de Matt this week, away from the friendly confines of members-only studios. This week, we're talking, we have been going, first of all, we have been going through the 1980s year by year, in no particular order. We've hit every single year as of this week when we talk about 1984. So, I personally, that's when I graduated high school. Yeah, 1984 was a great year for me, and lots of great memories of that school year and the summer and the fall of that year. I went to work full time, and I was working at a place called the Warehouse Club. Which, oh, yes. Mm, I remember the warehouse yes. clubs. It was a sort of like a Sam's Club or Costco before there was a Sam's Club and Costco. And uh, I did that for a while, up until the end of 84, beginning of 85. But, yeah, that's what I was doing. But as we talk through here, so many memories of that time period. And I just really uh, look back very fondly at that era. So what were you guys doing in 84? I was finishing up my uh, ninth grade year, which for me, that would have been the end of junior high school. Yes. And then began high school as a 10th grader. So that was a big change. You went from the big man of the junior high school to being kind of a nobody at that point. But you would come out of that and become somebody. I did become somebody, yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> What about you guys? Oh, I, I'm, me and Mike, same age. But I was already in high school because I went to a real school. And so we had, you know, I'm finished up my freshman year, going into sophomore year. Four foot five. So what? And it was... Uh, I thought it was three foot eight. Something like that. Story changes. It's four eleven. But anyhow, it, it was, uh, yeah, so that, that was the year. I mean, my, I finished, you know, I'm, and I go to high I go to high school or 11, and by my sophomore year, I was five eight. So it was a year of pain. My knees hurt. I remember eight. A lot of growing. A lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Growing pains. Growing yeah. pains. Should have been a TV show. Yeah, should have been. Should have been. Um, but yeah, it was it was a uh, good year, man. Good year. Uh, I liked it. It was uh, well, the school. I, I went to Hamilton Township, and you don't say. Imagine that. Huh. And it was just that school, man. It's just so. It was an old school from like the you know forties and forty eight. I think it was made. So it was just this old nostalgic building and the old building was beautiful. The old, it, it, beautiful. it just feels like an old school yeah. from like the fifties and whatever. So going going to the high school there I thought was pretty cool. So neat nice. stuff. I started my second half of eighty four I started my senior year and of high school and got my first like job, 
quote unquote. I was working at a place called Ohio Wire Springs. So I went to class for like, took a couple classes because I was ahead on credits because I was so incredibly smart. <laughs> and yeah, you should laugh at that. Uh, if you saw my grade card, you would. And so I just got this part-time job. I would go to class for a couple hours and then go work for three or four hours at this place, which essentially was they would hand me a piece of metal and I would bend it into some kind of shape. You know, like I'd make a little metal box that would go into an oven where a light bulb would go into it, you know? So it was just, it was like little pieces, right? So I'd, you were making easy bake ovens. Kind of, <laughs> kind of. Or I'd bend, a, I'd bend this piece of wire into the shape. It's for, um, it was like for speedometers. Okay. So they'd get these orders, get the, the and it was all, it was all based on how fast you could do it. So if you did a hundred in an hour, you get a certain price. If you did 15 an hour, you get a certain price. And so I did that most of my senior year. We're now gonna talk about what the rest of the world was doing in 1984. A little thing we like to call in the news. These are news stories we found somewhere along the way, and we'll start off with Mike and let's talk about your news story. Do you guys remember Edwin Moses? Yes. Yes. Track and field star. Mm-hmm. So in 1984, Edwin Moses won his 100th consecutive 400 meter meter hurdle race. Wow. His streak actually ran from 1977 through 1987. He ended up winning 122 straight races. Mm. So for 10 years, nobody beat the man, wow. which is impressive because, I mean, track is a sport for the young. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's mid-30s. He's still world champion. He's a two-time Olympic champion. It's Never impressive. been duplicated. Good. Good for him. Edwin Moses. Kevin. So you know a lot of times it seems like we have these depressing stories. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've got one for you. Oh, no. December 22nd, so just before uh, the end of 84. Uh, and I want to be careful how I word this because this was a very controversial thing that happened. There were four African-American teenagers. Three of them were 19. One was 18. They got on an express train in Bronx, and one of them went up to somebody and asked for $5, and that somebody was Bernard Getz. Do you guys remember that name? No. I remember it well because it was like a really hot topic that we talked about in like current events, mm-hmm. and it was on the news a lot. Bernard Getz pulled out a gun and shot him, shot all four of them, and one of them was laying on the ground, kind of like carrying in pain from getting shot, and Bernard Getz walked over, and he said, you don't seem so bad, how about another? shoots him again in the stomach and it went through and severed his spinal cord led to brain damage led to paralysis so this was all over the news and there was crime was really rampant in new york city and so the question was was it justified or not some people thought he was a vigilante some people thought he was a hero it was really divisive at the time people were very divided on, on where they still in this flash back a couple years before he had gotten robbed by some teenagers, and one of the teenagers said he assaulted him. He said he was assaulted by them. They both got arrested, and they kind of held him. He didn't get released for like six and a half hours. The teen got released after like two hours. That really bothered him. He tried to get a, buy a gun. He couldn't. He went to Florida and bought one illegally, and then, you know, a few years later this happened. Well, then you start digging into his history. You found that he's made a lot of racist comments in the past, so that kind of looked bad on him. He eventually was found guilty of just one count of carrying an unlicensed firearm. What? He was acquitted on everything else. Then the family of the teen that got paralyzed sued him, won $43 million. So Getz then turned around and filed for bankruptcy. And to this day, 
has not paid out any money to this family. So, wow. Yeah, it was uh, all, like I said, all over the news. He's still alive. I, I looked it up the other day. He is, he's still alive. But this happened, I think he's in his 30s when this happened. So. Wow. I, I don't have any recollection of that whatsoever. Wow. I don't remember Like, when that you either. mentioned that name, that name kind of seems like I've heard that before. Hmm. But that story, that, oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... How else do you put even if he's being harassed? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, once the he kind of like, I don't say diffused the situation, but after they, there was no longer like a, you know, a perceived threat to him or a threat to him to go up and shoot somebody that's already injured was like, yeah. That, that seemed like he had went a little too far. So but. the other three guys, did they die or what happened? No, none of them died from their injuries. Um, one did overdose on the anniversary several years later um, and, and, they believe it was suicide, so I don't know if it was wow. the stress of it or whatever. Another person, I think he got in trouble for doing some other uh, pretty bad crimes and went to jail. I'm not sure if he's still alive or not. And I'm not even sure if the guy that got paralyzed is still alive or not, but they said he was brain damaged, and Bernard Getz uh, accused him of faking his injuries. So, <laughs> yeah. I guess the, another issue that people really had, you know, that thought he had went too far was that he never really showed any remorse for what happened. Mm, so, sure. Yeah. So, so bring it up for me, guys. Give me a yeah, good positive give me, story. Give, me, give us something good. Woo, thank you. Well, it's, uh, it's 1984, February 3rd. You know where I'm going. Space Talk. shuttle? Space shuttle, absolutely. <laughs> Did you know the Space Shuttle Challenger launched February 3rd, 1984? And took, took up six... Uh, uh, astronauts to space and everything was great. Eight days in space, came back all as well. But what this mi- this particular mission did, it was the first time the astronauts attempted an untethered spacewalk using pro- uh, pro- propulsive jetpacks. So they, they cut loose and it was the first time they just jetted around free of connection to anything. Well, in space. Take some guts. Yeah, what? Well. Can, can, you, can you imagine like <laughs> the first one? You know what? I, I know we're normally tethered. Let's cut the tether one time and just scoot around using these little jet. I don't know about that. I mean, can you imagine like being one of those first dudes to do that? No, pretty crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. One of the dudes, uh, Ronald Maynair, was actually on uh, the space shuttle um, two years later. That you know, in '86. So wow, pretty wild. But yeah, so there was this, but that was considered successful space shuttle um, trip. So. Well, thank you for the update on the uh, space program. As soon as I saw it, I knew where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) You should have worked for NASA. Oh, man. I love space, guys. I love the final frontier. I love space. Well, that's why you're pure energy, Spock. Pure energy. That's it. Spock. (laughs) Spock. All right, so I got a couple stories here for you. Of course you do. You know what? I do my homework, Matt. I yeah, didn't. I, I didn't just now and, and defer to two other people while you look up stuff on your phone. Hey, hey I came prepared. You you ask for one, you get one. I, I got you get one. To give three. I got one. Whatever. So uh, Ronald Reagan, mm, I remember him. Won mm. a landslide re-election victory over the hapless Walter Mondale, yeah. who only won one state which was the state of Minnesota, his home state, wow. but nearly lost that one. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm sorry, Mondale also won D.C. Oh, yeah, and he also won D.C., which was so, a, it's not a real state. Yeah, it's not a state. He was no Michael Dukakis, I'll say that for him. That's yeah. right. Didn't have them eyebrows. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Eyebrow. Eyebrow. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so yes, uh, Ronald Reagan won, as we know, uh, probably my favorite president of, of our lifetime. So, bigger news story to me is Ric Flair started <laughs> off 1984 as the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. That's mm-hmm. a great news story, but Sharon's all into that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he lost the belt. Took it out. <laughs> he lost the belt in March to Harley Race for three days. Mm. Then he won it back, and he lost it again in May to Kerry Von Erich. Mm. But won it back two days later and held it until 1986. Mm. My God, what yes. a run! Yeah. What Meanwhile, in the WWF, Hulk Hogan won his first WWF World Heavyweight Championship versus. The Iron Sheik. Rest in peace. That's right. He <laughs> passed away recently. And he held on to it until February 5th, 1988, when he lost to Andre the Giant. There it is. So, that's not the important championship. The NWA is was the premier. The real belt. The real belt. The real heavyweight champion was in the NWA. The real champion was Ric Flair. There you go. So, nobody cares about that. So, the third news story I have. <laughs> including my mom. <laughs> yeah, especially Sharon Ackley. Um, is Band-Aid, uh, the group of stuck British musicians. Oh, Band-Aid. Band-Aid stuck on me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> or the British musicians that made the song for famine relief. Do they know it's Christmas? Mm, and they probably don't. They probably don't. Mm, yeah. So we're going to take a brief time out. We're going to be right back. and We're going to talk about fashion trends of 1984. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Spotify for Podcasters for providing this platform, as well as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out in our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Most of all, we want to thank you for listening. Welcome back to Spuds McKenzie Studio. We are going to be talking about fashion in 1984. Was there such a thing? There Mike, was. Do tell. Absolutely there was fashion in 1984. You know, we're talking freshman year. We're building up that polo collection. We're adding more pastels than you can ever imagine. It's still wearing the Levi's. Yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> but also, to, this is the year I got my first varsity letter. So I got my letterman's coat. Okay. That was pretty darn cool to be wearing that around as a freshman. But okay. I may say so myself. But I also want to talk about I used to play what they would call travel basketball today. And he's played with a lot of these inner city guys. And it was a, a big year for the Afro Sheen. If you're not familiar with Afro Sheen, is, to be honest, I, I really don't know. It's some type of liquid you squirt in your hair. Instead of having tight curls, you have more loose curls. But my favorite part is when they would apply it, they would wear a plastic bag over their head to keep it from dripping all over their clothes. But there was nothing better than playing basketball against a guy that just got a fresh dose. Mm. <laughs> You're like, oh man. So, would you get it on your clothes if it 
oh, you get your hand, you know, you're trying to check it, block a guy out, and hand just happens to hit his head, and you're <laughs> running around. I can't shoot with this on my hand. So, I remember they would always advertise it on uh, Soul Train. Yes. And then in coming to America, they had Soul Glow. That was good. That was, uh, that was good. And the family gets up from the couch, and there's like oh, four stains on the back. Yes. on the back of the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Good stuff. So never tried it myself. You know, don't knock until you try it. But it was, it was definitely we a had trend. Moose. We, we had moose. Yeah. Yes, moose. we did. He used to yeah. wear the moose back then. Mm-hmm. It was my hair care product of choice. Yeah. yeah. Harden up. Yeah. Wind wouldn't affect it at all. That's so. right. So I remember back then, painter hats. Mm. Were <laughs> yes, painter hats. They were tragic, but they were there. They, they were, were trendy. Yeah. They, they were. were I had one my senior year. They were selling painter hats with our class. Yeah. Class of 84 on it. Okay. And I had one, and I brought it home, and I put it on, and I immediately took it off, hung it on my bedpost. That's where it sat the rest of the time. I thought they were ridiculous. But then you'd have the painter hats with the, 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 the foreign flaps legion. on the back. Yeah, the foreign legion look. Yeah. Which looked even stupider. <laughs> yes, it but did. But you know what? I remember a lot of people wearing them. Mm-hmm. So They had sports teams on them, too. I remember the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. You know, Come, painter's like hat. Painter hat night. Right. right. It, it was, was so the cheap. hat giveaway. Like, was... they could get them made for 50 cents and give them away. And people I, think they I got a treasure. Several. I remember. Several? <laughs> I had several. Yeah. Because, I mean, I remember wearing it on the side, pop it up, what? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, had, I remember the painter hats. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, I was wearing Levi's, of course, had my, rocking my Nike leather Cortez back then. Mm-hmm. I remember those. Had the Nike Legend shoes back then as well. I was wearing those. A uh, lot of Izods and things like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Feathered hair was big mm-hmm. for both guys and girls. Wallets. Yeah. And Mahalt's, of course. Mahalt's were kind of in their infancy of acceptance back then. But I I had one. Not the very defined one, but it was like a more the Rick Springfield-type mullet. I never thought about it, but maybe people said, you know, this painter hat with the flaps is so cool. I'll just take this hat off and let my hair grow, and that'll be the flaps. So I'll wear the painter hat with my own (laughs) flaps. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the inspiration. Could be. I can see you wearing one today. Absolutely I would. Golfing. Oh, Absolutely. (laughs) Any other uh, fashion trends that come to mind? Uh, I, I mean, I remember in uh, ninth grade, nineteen eighty four, uh, and I and I know I specifically mentioned this on the podcast uh, a while back ago, but it was the year that I got this blue windbreaker, and it had like a pop up collar. It had the hood inside the mm-hmm. zipper and the collar. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only other person in, in in school that had that jacket was was Wes Alton, and he was like the cool senior star basketball player. This dude was cool as crap, and he he's the man. And he had the exact same jacket. So when I saw he had that jacket and I had that jacket, I mean my high school's a breeze. I mean I was in, I was in, I'm in the club. <laughs> the Wes, oh he's got a cool like Wes. He's cool, and so you know it was. He paved the way for me right there. So. Or maybe he saw your jacket when you know what? It's and Matt Moore knows how to dress. That's it. Maybe that's I'm it. getting it. Yeah. So he it. made it popular. Good job. So yeah. Yours was so, so small. His was an extra large. Probably. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. But, uh, thank you, Wes, for that. If you probably remember that, but <laughs> I'll never forget it. Now another thing I remember for fashion in 1984 was the females. 
the girls were adopting the Madonna look. Mm-hmm. Bracelets. The, the rubber bracelets, the haircut. Like, I remember every girl had that bob haircut for like the next two to three years. Every single girl lot, had lot that of, haircut. A lot of fishnet stuff. Fishnet hose, but they also had gloves. Those, uh, the gloves. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Madonna. Shoulder, yeah. uh, the shirts were off the shoulder kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, you had uh, that, didn't you? Maybe a couple things, I don't know. <laughs> but do you, you remember wearing like the, the... Midriff? Midriff, yeah. Oh, yeah. Belly, like yeah, you'd have your belly shown, but you were like a... Well, not you, but, but the girls were like a fishnet shirt over top of Yeah, but that. like the fishnet, I mean, I'm sure you had some fishnet. He's looking puzzled like he doesn't wear ankle braces like, like, and like stuff. Like the football practice jersey. The, the, oh, the, I know what you're the, talking about. But, but cut off, uh-huh. you had several. I had one. I had a black one. There it is. There it is. Speaking of ankle bracelets, I was at a social gathering this weekend. There are some young, trendy people there, and they've got like 10 bracelets on each arm. I said, what do you think of the ankle bracelet on a guy? They're like, oh, that's cool. I said, exactly. (laughs) You're correct. So today's youth, young, trendy. I would like to really meet these individuals. He's calling young (laughs) and trendy. And that he's looking at for fashion validation. I would like to meet these people. And also, several weeks ago, I was getting my hair cut. And an older gentleman comes in with a rope around his ankle. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. It kind of looks like a deadhead, to be honest. (laughs) Well, there's that. Good stuff. So the ankle bracelet is cool and trendy, according to today's youth. According to Billy Madison, so is peeing your pants. There it is. (laughs) All the cool kids are doing it. All right. Let's move on to other memorable trends. Whether it's slang terms, some things, pop cultural touchstones. You guys seem to struggle with this every Oh, week. no, I got a pop culture. Bring Iconic. It. Do it. All right. Probably one of the most quoted commercials of all time. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Yes. Wendy's. It took us 10 years, but somebody finally gets it. Thank you, Snowball. You're welcome. So talk to us about Claire Peller. Uh, she was an old lady. <laughs> so far, she, you're correct. She was in the commercial. She said, where's the beef? That's about all I can tell you. It caught on. It sure did. It uh, T-shirts. Slightly. Everybody was quoting Modern it. Modern vernacular. It, just, it was said a lot. It was part of the 80s. It was. Yep. Very memorable. What about you guys? Boom boxes. Boom boxes, yes. Boom boxes, that's the, good. The, the bigger, the better. And uh, I, the more would, batteries, the better. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, let's get eight D cell batteries and load them in this thing, and yeah. you know, at if, the end of the day, we'll have to get eight more. Right? Yeah. They it blew through, and it would have like two cassette decks. Oh, I mean, yeah. it would just it weighed about thirty pounds up on your, which was almost half my weight. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm more like dragged it around and carried it around on my shoulder, but. Yeah, boomboxes were pretty uh, pretty trendy. My brother Chuck had one. I never I never really had a boombox. I, I had a home stereo, and then I had a car stereo, but Chuck had a boombox. He was at that age. He wasn't driving yet. He didn't want to buy a full-on stereo system, I yeah. guess. So he had this boombox. I borrowed it from time to time, you know. I would always plug it in and try not to use batteries, because yeah. Yeah, who can afford all that? 
What I used to do with my boombox is you take the speakers and you would paint them. I like had one was painted like bricks with a Run DMC kind of an airbrush oh, look nice. on it, and then it had a Van Halen logo painted on the other. Wow. So you like the rap and the rock? Yes. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. Do you remember your uh, first TV remote control? What year it came out? It Kevin does. I remember well, that was my VCR. Oh, that's yeah. right. I remember a wired remote, like the Cube cable box had a long wire on it. I can't remember the actual first remote. Do you remember, I remember, remember the clicker where you would click it and go. Remember those? I don't know if that's what you really. I remember them, but we never. It was this one button, so you just went through the whole cycle. It was saying in the eighties they were starting to come around. The remote control came out in the fifties, but obviously nobody really ever had those. Only the rich people. Yeah, the rich folks, but. Yeah, in the 80s, the, the remote control was starting to gain, gain some momentum, and in 84, they seemed to get a little more common. But I don't think in 84, we had a remote control. I think I was still the remote control. we did. Um, we had, like, the cable box where you had to slide it. Oh, we yeah. We had to slide it on the, the thing. <laughs> it, like, it goes to, like, maybe 88, and, like, once you get to, like, 66 or 67, that's when the, the wavy channels would kick in. You yes, know? yeah. But, Flip it yeah, over, yeah, stick a little metal piece in there. No. Yes. No. Paper no, clip. I'm, no, talking about like the adult channels. Yeah, like, no, I yeah, know. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. You have like this industrial strength refrigerator magnet or something. You can pop that thing on there and watch all the premium Yeah, channels. HBO, really? yeah, Showtime. Mm-hmm. All those channels? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, you can watch all that. I saw Rocky uh, 2 like 500 times with no. the, the thing flipped over. Yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. There were ways. I did not know those. I just know you get like two, three seconds of a. (laughs) Then the cable company put a sticker over it so they would know if you had removed it. Yeah. Like, what did that? Okay. So, Matt, you were. What was the story about the remote? So, what's your point? No, no, I I was asking if any of us in in 1984 had a remote control. No, they were saying there's starting to be. There was in 84. There's starting to be commonplace. Um, I don't remember us having one. Maybe it was starting to be, but I know where we were at. It wasn't. It seems like when we got a VCR, it seemed like that may have had a remote. Yeah. And that might be the like I can't remember. I can't remember life without a remote. I'm sure. Like, I'm sure that the, the, the remote and the VCRs had a remote. Huh. Yeah, my VCR had a remote. That was '87. Um, but uh, I don't. I think the first TV that I had that had remote was '88 when I got my first apartment with Dean, and we went and bought a TV and it had a remote control. Mm-hmm. That was the first time in my life. Up to that point, I was exercising, walking over and changing the channel. Oh yeah. And you didn't channel surf back then because you had to stand in front of the TV all night. Right, so right. You, you needed a TV guide so you know what TV to do guide. with a VCR oh. plus. Oh, that's later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, memorable trends I remember back then. Cabbage Patch Kids were huge. No. Transformers came out in 1984. And this is around the time they shrunk down the G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah, this big, manly... Shrinkage. Kung Fu grip turned into like this little mini tic tac of a guy. Yeah, I think so, Eddie Murphy made a joke about that on yes, SNL. Yes, he did. <laughs> they demoralized G.I. Joe. <laughs> All right, now we're going to go into our favorite TV shows of 1984. So, Snowball, why don't you kick us off with our favorite TV shows? All right, our top five TV shows of 1984. Number five, Family Ties. Number four, 60 Minutes. 
Wow, what happened to the Cosby Show? It fell to number three. What? Number two is Dallas, and the number one show would be Dynasty. I, I believe that might have been like the Cosby Show's first year. It probably was. Maybe yeah. it wasn't. Uh, Climbing up. Yeah. I maybe it was on its way up. Yeah, maybe it wasn't available the whole year or something. Yeah. But yeah, the, definitely the adult shows, Dynasty and, and Dallas, little nighttime soap operas those dominating. Soap op- those soaps like that, those and like Knott's Landing and like Flamingo Road. All of those. A bunch of those. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like couldn't once, keep them. Falcon Crest, Dynasty, oh, Dallas. Yeah. I couldn't keep up with them either, but I know once Dallas became such a huge hit, they all kind of started doing the same thing. Yeah. I was watching a show called The Master. Do you remember The Master? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. All right. It was a TV show that was about this ninja. They, one of the stars of the show was um, Timothy Van Patten. Also known as Salami from the White Shadow. So he was like the understudy of this old ninja. So it was a good show. So basically they took Kung Fu from the 70s, renamed it, called it the Master. Yes, and he had a protege. So they did a little... And Grasshopper, he was cricket. Crying (laughs) solid. Yes. So it was a good show. I do remember watching it. I don't... I only lasted one or two seasons, but... I do recall it was one of my favorites at that age. So. Wow. I don't remember that one at all. Yeah. The star a guy by the name of Lee Van Clef. He was a big Western star in the 60s and 70s. Oh, wow. Good stuff. That's an obscure one. Good job. Matt, what were you watching? Um, obviously, I'm all over Miami Vice. Um, mm. I was a uh, hook, line, sinker, Crockett tubs, loved those. But, but uh, a, a series popped off in 1984. Some hated it. Some loved it. V. You remember when that came out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. V? I never v. watched it, but I remember it. Visitor. It stood for Visitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aliens that came to Earth. Kind of like a little playoff of uh, Close Encounters kind of yeah. thing. This whole alien thing. I thought you were going to go Highway to Heaven. See? I thought, <laughs> thought that. Well, Michael Landon. V was a miniseries. It was on for several like, okay. nights in a row. Or yeah. Whatever. And I remember... Right. One big thing that came out is, is like a lady gets pregnant. I mean, so she, I kind of fell in love with one of the aliens that came down. She gets pregnant, and then when she has a baby, it looked kind of like half lizard, <laughs> you know. And I just remember like, oh my goodness, it's kind of scary now. If you look back, it's hilarious. But uh, at the time, it was kind of kind of scary. Hmm. It's like a lizard baby. A little bit. What about you, Kevin? What were you watching? Night Court. Night Court. So, Great. Um, so essentially, it was a show about. People that went to court at night, you know, and then was it really such a thing? Maybe in a New York. I, yeah, I mean, see, maybe. Uh, yeah, think, who would work night shift right for like, as a judge during yeah. the day? Yeah. I don't know. Columbus, I'm pretty sure at five o'clock. Yeah, it it's shut down. It's shut down. over. But uh, Harry Anderson was on there as the main judge. Uh, judge Stone, Richard Mall was was bull. Bull yeah. had a guy. And then Marky Post was on there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know they they just redid it. Yeah, with John yes. Larroquette, yeah. who was on the original. And uh, the girl that played Bernadette on Big Bang Theory plays Judge Stone's daughter, who's uh, now a judge. I yeah. never watched it. But yeah. yeah, it was funny. And Charles Robinson was on there as well. Hmm. So, yeah. uh, I was watching Shock Surprise Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, like Matt said, Miami Vice, every guy our age, I think, was watching that show. SNL is one show that I must always watch. Now, this is in 1984. This is when Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo left the show. They mm. kind of reshuffled the cast a bit. And the cast that year had Billy Crystal, 
It's the yeah. only year he was on there. Rich Hall, Martin Short came along in 1984. Now, Rich Hall had, was previously on Fridays, so he's the only cast member that kind of did both. Um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Gary Kroger were on there. Those were kind of the, the people back then. And I believe Randy Quaid was, no, no, he was on there a couple years later. So that was the cast back then. Uh, Billy Crystal, this is when he introduced the Fernando character. You know, thank you, look thank you. That could be a pop culture catchphrase back then. It's no where's the beef, but you look marvelous <laughs> is pretty big. Yes, it was. Yes. One thing I do remember about the cast back then, they had a skit one time where Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Gary Kroger were playing Donnie and Marie Osmond, and they're singing. And while they're singing, they stop and just start making out like crazy. <laughs> it's like they're, they're like all over each other, like groping and kissing and making out. And the audience is like, oh, no. Oh, that's so, funny. If you didn't know, Donnie and Marie were real life brother right, and sister. Right. So that's classic. That's there for the shock value. It was. It was pretty funny. So those were the TV shows of 1984. There you go. Uh, Matt, talk to us about the top movies of 1984. Top five movies, 1984. Number five, Police Academy. Number four, The Karate Kid. Number three, Gremlins. Number two, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And number one, Ghostbusters. Those are five pretty solid movies right there. That's, That's a good list. Yeah. What were you watching? Five what was your favorite? solid movies. Um, Whitten on the list... I mean, I like all those movies on that list. I mean, yeah. I think those are all great. 84 uh, came out with 16 Candles. One of my f- favorite movies. I, I think it's just hilarious. Which, by the way, I was doing a little research. That was the number 37 movie of 1984. That's mm-hmm. like, how in the world? Like, that movie, everybody knows this movie today. Mm-hmm. So I, I venture to say that there's many in that, from like 36 up to like number 10 that people would look at today and say, I have no idea what that movie is. All right. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of crazy. I, I'm surprised. And, and one of my favorite movies of 84, I mean, I, I love Footloose. I'm a dancer. I'm yeah. a dancer. <laughs> yeah. You are. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I, I, I think it's just one of my favorite movies. So, 16 Candles is your movie? Um, I, I would say that's probably one of my... Yeah, I'd say 16 Candles. What's happening, hot stuff? His name is Long Duck Dong. Very clever dinner. Appetizing food fitting neatly into interesting round pie. Oh, see, so oh, for you, no, you get one. I get one, but he you know can what? pick three. You know the formula. I know. We go through, pick one, one, one and then when one, we get done, three. we get done. We talk about other ones that maybe that didn't your, make our your list. Three comes up real quick, dude. Only. Come on, <laughs> just, just stop, man. You know what? We go through this. I'm glad that we are through this tenth year. I'm about to reach across the table right now, <laughs> snatch you up. Oh my yeah, goodness. Sixteen Candles is a classic. That's very right. quotable. Love it, love it, love it. How about you, Kevin? Uh, my t- top twelve favorites are <laughs> <laughs> now my favorite: Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Wow! Holy smoke! Class landing. Short round. Step on it. Okie dokie, Doctor Jones. Hold on to your potatoes. So I love Raiders of the Lost Ark years later we get the sequel sequel is just as good actually maybe i think it's maybe better it's better it's, they're it's both better. awesome yeah. so 
got to get introduced to short round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. action from the get-go. I mean, right. no messing around. Boom, action. So, Indiana Jones. It's all the new one, by the way. Yes. It's okay. It's decent. Um, I just, I liked him when he was younger, you know? It's like, yeah. I don't want to see Indiana Jones when he's so 80 years old. Now. Yeah, right. And he's upset that people are playing loud music next door in his apartment. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, my favorite movie of uh, 1984 would be The Natural. I could have broke every record in the book. And then? And then. And then when I walked down the street, people would have looked and they would have said, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was in this game. Mm. Starring Robert Redford and Glenn Close. Redford plays the the character Roy Hobbs. Roy uh, was the, he was destined to be great. Hooked up with the wrong lady. He gets shot. And then appears about 20 years later as like this 38-year-old rookie. Mm. So, good movie. I'm a big baseball fan, so... Always enjoyed the natural. Good movie. Gotcha. I want to go kind of bouncing off what Matt said. I'm also a dancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Footloose is my favorite movie of 1984. Oh, I think Mr. McCormick has a right to be heard. In Ecclesiastes, assures us that there is a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to laugh. A time to weep, a time to mourn, and there is a time to dance. And there was a time for this law, but not anymore. See, this is our time to dance. Absolutely. Is that your is that your movie? That's my movie. Oh, is that your movie? <laughs> that is my definitive movie of 1984. Yes, unashamedly. So good storyline. Uh huh. Great soundtrack. Great cast. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's the dancing. I mean, there's Willard learns how to dance. Yeah. So I kind of see Matt as the Willard. I can see that. He kind of learns how to dance. Is that how you see yourself in that movie? Yeah, you saw me as the Willard. You think you're you're Ren? I think we all want to be... We all want to be Ren, don't we? Or do you see yourself as the minister? There it is. (laughs) I think that might be more... These days, we relate to him more. He's down with rock music and only Christian music. (laughs) Dancing. Great. Don't be moving on hips that way. So yeah, 1984 was a good year for movies. Are there are there any other ones you guys would say these rank pretty high for you? Absolutely, Purple Rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. yeah. Terminator. Terminator. Beverly Hills Cop and Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Red Dawn came out in 1984. Ooh. I yes, love that movie. The first PG-13 movie ever. Yes, indeed. Was Red Dawn? Yes. Oh. Did not know that. Yeah. I found that out just recently, actually. Okay. So, yeah. Well, if you'd asked me, I'd have told you a long time ago. Well, thanks, man. Yes, because there's a lot of controversy that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was only... No, that was Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? That was PG where they melt at the end of the... Yeah, oh, the melting Jones. face. Yeah. yeah that, that was that PG. That's kind of what started bringing in that yeah. new rating. Like, we need something between PG and R. So. Yeah. It's not um, quite dirty enough for R. <laughs> right. You could you could drop one F bomb and it could still be a PG thirteen. You drop two, it's a rated R. Yeah. yeah. At least back then, anyway. I don't know if that's yeah, still the could have changed. But, I don't know. Um, in '84, teachers came out. Yes, and teachers. We we got to yes. talk about teachers. Because that was like a local. It's made here locally. Yes. And we I had, know several people that yeah. were extras in that film. Our, yeah. When they came out, we had three teachers from my school that got. You know, small parts in that role. Who started that movie? I honestly Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Uh, yeah. uh, Ralph Macchio was in it. Crispin Glover was Jed, in it. Jed Hirsch was in Jed it. Jed Hirsch. Joe Beth Williams was in it. 
Laura Dern. Laura Dern. I thought it was a good movie. It didn't really do a great what box office you? number. I think it was big for us because it was, it was a movie here. made in Columbus, it was right? Columbus, Ohio. Basically, it was a film about teachers in this high school and some of the students that they're dealing with. Was it filmed in Central? Challenges Central High School, Central yeah. Central High School. Which was the high school my dad went to. Very cool. And then uh, now it's... They've, they've, it's Kosa, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a museum now. They've expanded it, and it's a wonderful museum. They spent a lot of money updating that and do that. But the, the once music, upon a time, it was a high school. The music was composed by Freddie Mercury, Brian Adams, 30 Special, Bob Seger, The Motels, Ian Hunter. Yeah, Good soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. So the song Teachers, performed by 38 Special, was mm -hmm. written by Brian Adams and Jim Valance. Ooh. And Brian Adams and Jim Valance actually flew to Hollywood, because you don't just send somebody an MP3 of a song anymore. <laughs> they brought it there because he wanted to hear a song from them. And without even knowing much about the movie, they had kind of put it down together anyway. And so within the last few weeks, I discovered Brian Adams... They, find, they didn't release it back then because they didn't want to compete with the 38 Special version. But Brian Adams' version just came out a couple years ago. Like, they released it. How was it? Awesome. Well, here's a little clip. I like it better than the 38 Special I can't get wrong with Brian Adams. No, you can't. It's a good movie. I liked it. One other movie I wanted to bring up from 1984 was the movie Reckless. You guys may not have even heard of this movie. Wait, wait. It starred uh, Daryl Hannah. Yes. I think I saw, saw that in the theater. Yeah, I, I did too. I did too. Uh, with the girl I was dating at the time. Who was the guy? Uh, Aiden Quinn. Okay. Yeah. And... Basically, he's a, a troubled teenager, good guy, but just kind of keeps getting bad breaks. I think his mother left when he was young. His dad was an alcoholic. He was getting in trouble at school because he was getting messed with by people that were just out trying to get him. So all these bad things happen. He hooks up with a good girl, and uh, it's a good movie, great soundtrack, a lot of NXS in it. So that's kind of what I remember most about it is the music. <laughs> I've watched it recently, and it's still, it held up pretty good. I still like it. So, Reckless. Coolest celebrity of 1984. Matt, go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Matt. I got, I got who are the coolest? Yeah, we've had three weeks to work on. Come on, who's, who's your go-to? Come on, you got to go to. Kevin Bacon, dad got it. There yeah. he is. Yeah. Kevin Bacon, uh, my man. Coolest dude, 1984. Bam! I'm that's done. good. You know, that's actually who I had as mine. There so it I'll, is. I'll give you another one here in a minute. There Go it ahead, is. Mike. Ted McGinley. As much grief oh, as we no. give the man. No, we give a lot of no. grief. This is the year of Revenge of the Nerds. It's well. his only cool <laughs> movie show. It's the one thing he did good. It is. 
It is the one thing. So he does he, get credit. He does not. Yeah. He's known as the death of a show. Yeah, yeah. He's a killer. Well, a celebrity killer. more than Prince or Eddie Murphy or any of those other guys. <laughs> it's Ted McGinley. <laughs> he had good hair, though. You got to respect hey, No, he had gray hair. He did have gray hair. He was a good looking dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. handsome. Good but, teeth. Yeah. And, and he, so just the fact that he wouldn't get the call to these shows, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yes. Just when he gets there, they die. Yes. Yeah. He's always just he a little late. He seems like a good idea at the time, but just yeah. a little late. Doesn't work out. We got one season left. Let's give Ted a call. How would you like that to be your. What you're you known know, for? Yeah. The show your, killer. Your claim to fame. I mean, at least we know you're, you're known. You're he remembered. He's known, yeah. Yeah. That's right. He made some money, so that's good. What's yeah. his net worth? Somebody Google. What's, what's Ted. All right, well, while you're sharing probably your second. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. So, Kevin, talk to us about who's the coolest celebrity to you. I'm going to go with Chuck Norris. Ooh. Everybody always talks about, you know, Chuck Norris doesn't sleep. He waits. You know, there are yeah. all these Chuck Norris uh, Chuck jokes. Norris. Yeah, Chuck Norris, yeah, he was in Missing in Action that year. I'm well, not to interrupt you, but we know the net worth of Ted McGinley. Let me guess. Give us a guess. $4 million. $9 million. You're very close, Kevin. You should have been on The Price is Right. Ooh. $5 million. Okay. Is he really? Yeah, I would have thought a lot For more some than reason, that, Ted McGinley is worth $5 million. I would have thought hey, more. Yeah. Ted is a multi-millionaire. Yes, he is. Yes. He is. Say what you want about him. Multi-millionaire. I'm sure him and David Hasselhoff golf together. Laugh all the way to the bank. <laughs> they hang out. So, I'm sorry, Kevin. Where were you? Uh, Chuck Norris. Yeah. Why? I Chuck Norris. Yes. What's Chuck Norris? So, so why, why Chuck Net Norris while we're at it? He was in Missing in Action. There was okay. a movie, uh, yeah, um... He had been in some other movies earlier in the in the decade, but he was always just like kind of the cool guy, you know, the martial arts guy, yeah. the guy you wouldn't mess with. You would not mess the, with the that. tough guy. So. That's right, Chuck Norris. How about so, you? I've got a good one that I'm thinking he might go with. Well, okay. Chuck Norris's net worth is seventy million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Boom, Chuck. Right for that you know what they should gym. do? They should have a Chuck Norris, Ted McGinley movie. <laughs> oh, call it buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Twins, the mismatched buddies. Yeah, we're yeah. two don't belong together. All right, I can picture it now. Tim McGinley goes to Chuck Norris is like, I'm ruining TV shows. I'm not. I don't have a legacy. And Chuck Norris slaps him in the face. He says, "Because you're not a man." <laughs> and he turns him into a fighting machine. It could happen. Tim McGinley is both an action star and a world-renowned martial artist. Chuck Norris is 82 years old. Wow. Wow. How did that happen? That's amazing. Well, he's born a long time ago. (laughs) For starters. 1941? Go ahead. My coolest celebrity was probably going to be Kevin Bacon. But uh, Prince, awfully cool. That's what I thought you were going to say. No, I want to say Eddie Van Halen Mm. was the coolest. Picture the jump video, his impish grin, his you know going off on the keyboards. Eddie, that 1984 album came out that year. I mean, he was the guy to me. Um, but I, I think when you're looking, I think if you universally did this poll, I think people would say Prince was. Yeah. In Purple Rain album soundtrack came out. Like, the dude could do no wrong back then. Yeah. He was always Mr. Cool for sure. Yes, he was. We are going to take a brief time out. We're going to come back and talk about the music of 1984. Hang tight. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big, fluffy bun. It's a very big, fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. 
Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people. Shall we play a game? Hi, I'm Joel McLaughlin, the most excellent host of Living in the Retro Arcade. If you're into video games from the 70s through current day, this is the show for you. We'll talk about technical aspects of the games as well as memories, the best that we can remember them. That's Living in the Retro Arcade, available on all popular podcast platforms. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. We are in the home stretch of the last segment for the last year of the decade talking about music. And we're going to 1984. Billboard Magazine and Rolling Stone Magazine both called 1984 the best year of pop music. Really? Yes. The number of iconic songs, albums, uh, movie soundtracks all together. Apparently, however they judge and gauge things, they call this the best. And you know what? I cannot disagree. Uh, Kevin and I have this conversation a lot. What's the best year of the 80s? And for the long time, I thought, man, maybe 83, 82. But as, as I listen to music now, I am prompting myself to listen more towards 1984, which brings up one more thing. This is something you guys, Kevin, you'll really get this. These guys will go, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm leaving church Sunday morning. And my church is at a movie theater. So I'm walking out of the church. I'm you know, talking with friends. And this car comes. You hear this loud music playing. And this girl, probably mid-20s, is driving. And she slows down because people are crossing through there. Do you know what song she's got cranked up? Hmm. One Thing Leads to Another by The Fix. Really? I'm like, I know that I had the biggest grin on my face like, she gets it. Wow. So, yeah. And then people passed and she drove along and the music's still blaring. And I'm like, she wasn't ashamed. She was loud and proud listening to The Fix. And you said she was in her 20s? Yeah. That means she had parents that raised her right. That's right. That's exactly what that means. Wow. Good parenting. Those of you out there listening, if your parents exposed you to this kind of music, you were raised right. Parents... If you raised your kids on this music, you raised them right. That's, That's right. why they're awesome kids today. That's right. Am I right? right. Yep. yep. All right. So we're going to go through the top five songs of 1984. It's a huge year. I will guarantee you, you've heard of all of these. So, Kevin, go ahead. Read us off the top five songs of 1984. Number five. Not one of my favorites. Against All Odds by Phil Collins. Number four, Footloose by Kenny Loggins. Number three, Say, 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 Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. What's Love Got to Do With It? Is it number two by Tina Turner? And number one, When Doves Cry by Prince. We've heard them all. Mm-hmm. Not all are good. Mm-hmm. No. no. So, Kevin, when you think about your favorite song of 1984, what do you got? Legs by ZZ Top. The song, the videos, the oh, 
Good stuff. Yeah, great music video. Yeah, it was one of the first cassettes that I bought. I, I remember buying this. I bought Pyromania. That, that was like the first couple cassettes that I bought. I remember you having Eliminator. Yes. We were listening to it in your Chevette. Yeah. <laughs> your Chevette. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, the lyrics, if you if you read the lyrics, nothing groundbreaking there. It's not, not real lyrical. I mean, she's got legs. She knows how to use them. Yeah. She never begs. She knows how to choose them. I mean, that's <laughs> not great, but... Man, they know how to jam, and uh, yeah, and, and like you said, the, the the music videos are fantastic. Agreed, Mike. Well, it's probably not even in your guys' top twenty-five. Maybe not even in your top fifty. But one of my all-time favorite '80s songs, "I Can Dream About You" by Dan Hartman. like that song. I did so. It's a good, it's a good one. song. It's from the movie Streets of Fire. Yes. Never seen the movie. I haven't either. Heard it was crap. Probably but was. that one song. Video. Very <laughs> mediocre video. But the video I saw, maybe there's a different one. He wasn't in it. Right? I The one I saw, he is in it. He is in it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's in a bar. He turns on the TV. The movie's on. And then he gets up on the bar and starts singing. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> about I mean, it's very, very realistic, yeah. lifelike. Yeah, you know. What about you, Matt? I'm going to go with, There's there are several, uh, but I'm going to go with Sister Christian by Night Ranger. I love that song. That's a great song. It was in my huge list that I have. Yeah. <laughs> so that is definitely one of them. Yeah, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Kevin got to see them in concert last summer. Crowd went nuts when they, the opening chords oh, of that yeah. song. No, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. That, that would probably be a big sing along song, I'm assuming. They were all it was. People were like screaming. Yeah. yeah, that was mm-hmm. awesome. That was awesome. Which is my daughter's least favorite song. Really? Well, because I really burned around on it. <laughs> and whenever that part would come on, I would scream. Drove her nuts. But I think now she has more of an appreciation for it. At least I'm hoping she's not lying to me when she says that. Because I have parented her well. You have. There it is. I have. Yeah. Man, I have a list of three, four, five, six, Just seven, naming eight one. songs. You know how many naming I got on my one. list? One. Because that's what, that's what you're asked, asked to do. To do. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. see, I had my backups in case you guys took some. <laughs> and then I'm just like, oh, that's a great song. And so, and so is that one. So I'm going to say, I'll Wait by Van Halen. That's my okay. favorite for right now. Can't go wrong with that. Some of these other ones would be just as strong. 
So, Kevin, do you have any others? These guys only had their one and dones. Mm-hmm. The other one I had was When You Close Your Eyes by Night Ranger. I also have one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That was almost my number one. Yeah. Yeah. I also put I'm Free by Kenny Loggins. Uh, Original Sin by NXS. Mm. Oh, Sherry by Steve Perry. Mm-hmm. The Authority Song by John Mellencamp. Oh, you that high. Okay. Yeah. And If This Is It by Huey Lewis and the News. Mm. Was that their first hit? No, that wasn't their first big hit. But uh, uh, It's probably their second hit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Do You Believe in Love yeah, is think, the first yeah. one. But yeah, those are, I mean, I, man, I could listen to a lot of songs from that year and just, okay, I'll keep listening. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about our favorite songs. What about our worst song? of 1984. Mm. We'll start with Mike. Well, I typically like just about every song by this band, but I Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis and the News. Hated that song then. Hated today. You know what? I really love Huey Lewis and the News. Always have. That song, I've never quite... I don't know, something about it just never grabbed me. Not in your wheelhouse, huh? No, no, not so much. Okay. What about you, Maya? I'm you're go, looking like you're ready. I'm just gonna go with little she bop, Cindy Lauper. We bop, she bop, she bop, they bop, they bop, 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 a lot of bopping going on. Dumb song, man. Just yeah. a dumb song. What's yeah. that song about, Matt? She bopping. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it's about. Because <laughs> like, what she'll do is she she, she bops. bops. Yeah. That's, Does he bop? She bop, he bop. Everybody bops. We bop, but you bop. Yeah. Again, I like Cindy Lauper, but that song yeah. was a little annoying to sure. me, too. You guys, bit. I think we're on the same page so far. Mm-hmm. Kevin, keep it strong. Against All Odds by Phil Collins. Really? I, I like that really? song. Oh, man, when that song, I cannot change the station fast enough. It's so boring. I don't know if it's boring, oh. but it's sad. It's pathetic. I mean, oh. from a man card perspective, that's pretty weak. But so I did enjoy pathetic, it. Isn't he so needy and grovelly? Yeah. And it's after a movie too. I never saw the movie. Yeah. Don't want mm-hmm. to. Never will. But uh, that was my number one. <laughs> well, but I have a number two. That is a number two. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is a number two. Jump for My Love by the Pointer Sisters. Oh, I have that one too. Oh, yeah. I can't stand that song. <laughs> Just. Pretty weak like, music video, to be honest. I mean, they're just playing clips of different sports. sports. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah, I have no desire whatsoever to hear that song. Opening chord, just like Against All Odds. It's a good one. Good way to get me to change the channel. Let's play yeah. that. Yes. I don't know how that became a hit because it's terrible. Anyway, yep. uh, now we are going to talk about the top albums of 1984 and boy there were some good ones yep there were some here's the top five the footloose soundtrack was number five number four is 1984 by van halen number three like a virgin from madonna number two purple rain by prince and number one Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, dang on, all five of those. It's just, like, you yeah, understand why 1984 is such a strong year in music. Right. Yeah, All these albums came out at the same time. That's, that, those are huge. Just humongous. Just just great. For me, for well, let's go around the, the circle here and we'll talk about, I'll save mine for last because I think Kevin may have taken mine. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. My favorite album from 1984 is... 
<laughs> yeah, the last Van ha- Van Halen record when with David Lee Roth mm-hmm. uh, as the lead singer. So, um, but man, they had some hits on every that thing. single song is like ear candy. Like yeah, they yep. are even the lesser known ones mm-hmm. are just great, great songs. What's your favorite song on that album? Album. Um, I'll tell you in a few minutes when I do my <laughs> hidden gym. <laughs> All right. Matt, favorite album, 1984. I mean, just listen to those top five. I mean, you could pick any, even mm-hmm. just any one of those and have straight uh, crap. I mean, but, I mean, again, we, we talked about the movie. I, when, I, when I think of the favorites, because I was never like, I didn't buy a lot of, you know, cassettes back then. I wasn't big into you know, the albums uh, like you guys were. But when I think of, like 80s and just the pop culture and just what I thought I mean I, I would still stick with Footloose that soundtrack I thought mm. it was just I mean to me it just it exudes 80s and to me it just it's that's straight 80s man it just oh yeah it. So I mean, I, I, I'm, so I guess I, I don't come from a perspective of like, you know, specific songs or, or you know, style or, or this guy's playing on this. You know, I, I'm not that critical. I'm just thinking of what just feels '80s to me. Mm-hmm. Footloose all the way around, can't beat it. Yeah. And it comes down to me. All right, uh, I would say my favorite album would be the Purple Rain soundtrack. When Doves Cry, Let's Go Crazy, I Would Die For You, and of course, Purple Rain. Yeah, we might as well keep going. They're all good. They are. <laughs> they are. They are. Except for Darling Nikki. Oh, I don't like Darling Nikki. No. Uh, oh. I always felt like I should go to the altar. Get a, take a shower. shower. Get, get a good yeah. shower. It's just, yeah, yeah, really. Like, take some a holy shower. water. Like, I feel so <laughs> filthy right now hearing that song. <laughs> but that, I think that's probably the one song. I mean, even it sounds cool, but then it's like... Uh, as a Christian yeah. young man, I probably shouldn't turn this <laughs> off. So, thank you guys for naming those albums because they were all on my list. Mm. Uh, it would be very hard. 1984 is probably the one I would pick. But one you didn't mention, which would be like probably my next one down, would be Heartbeat City by The Cars. Again, this is my senior year. I bought the the cassette, and actually, I had every single one of these cassettes that we've mentioned here, and wore them out. Uh, Footloose is one. I, I may have, gosh, today I probably listened to that more than I listened to any of these others. Uh, maybe 1984. I don't. Know. It's just so hard. I had so so much good music, and then one we didn't mention kind of like an under-the-radar one a little bit was The Swing by NXS. Yeah. 
was one that I bought. Um, Art, he introduced me to this album, and I'm like, oh my goodness, it sounded so good. And I think we've talked about before, if you ride in the car with Art, music is always going to be loud. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to have a conversation, you have to turn it down for a minute, but then it's going to go right back up again. But yeah, this not a bad song on this album either. So, yeah, that's what I would pick. Guilty Pleasure. Here's a song. Your uh, friends at the lunch table may make fun of you for liking it. What about you? What would you say? Or your friends at this table would make fun of you. They, they, they very possibly will. They, we, we, will. we will. Yeah, we will for sure. Will. Absolutely. I don't know if you'll make fun of this one. Oh, I'll, we will. I like songs that have passion, and this song has a lot of passion. Peebo Bryson, If Ever You're In My Arms Again. I like that song. I do like that song. Wow. <laughs> Not making fun of me this week? No. No. Wow. No, no, that's great. Probably because he doesn't know the song, but... Uh, <laughs> Getting used to it. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That's cool. That's, uh, that's a song. It is oh, a song. I think they've got a great lyric in there. It says, we had a once in a lifetime. A second once in a lifetime might be too much to ask for. I'm like, oh, that's a great, that's a great line. Mm, could use that one. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, that break yeah. up, and get back together. Mm. Yep. He's made a mistake. Mm. He well, wants her back. I, yeah, I like yeah, that song. I, that is, that's one that I, it'll make me turn the station pretty quick. <laughs> like, I don't need this surfy, sappy love song right now. If I have a love song, I want it to rock a little. Matt, what about you, buddy? Uh, Guilty I mean, pleasure. I don't know that it's like even like maybe a terrible song. It's just I. I it's a chick song, but uh, The Warrior by Scandal. That's a great song. I, I like this song. But I mean, it's he just, brings these guilty pleasures up that are actually good. Right, it's, it's, songs, it's a solid. good song. But I mean, I, I, I guess when I every time I hear the song, I, I had an old girlfriend who would sing this, and she would like act, you know, act out, do the the fist pump, you know, whatever. And every time I, it was probably cute. The bang bang, one. whatever. So every time I, you know, it's just, you know. I, was she taller than you? Most girls were. Most girls were. <laughs> yes. Here's the thing. Like we talk a lot about Matt being short now. How tall are you now? Like, about six one. About six one. Yeah, he's tallest of us all. We're all like five, <laughs> five, five ten, five nine yeah. area. Yeah. Sure. So yes. Matt is taller than all of us. So, <laughs> so all right. So Kevin, guilty pleasure. They don't know by Tracy Allman. That's the one you're going with? It's okay. <laughs> Not you, a terrible song. No, I like sure, it. Yeah, I, I've heard you would like that song. Right? Oh, yeah. So, I, I like the uh, video with Paul McCartney. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So That's a good one. I'm going to go with Desert Moon by Dennis D.
good one. Yeah. I love this song. Great song. It's a nostalgic song talking about going back to his old friends and his past and, and just the video is very good. It's him and his buddies hanging hey, out. Hey, Hollywood. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one that I'm sure most people would say that's maybe the worst song he's ever sung. No. Not to me. I think it's also fine. Do you know who Dennis DeYoung is? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. He was the lead singer for Sticks. Oh, there you go. Yes. Okay, yeah. So. All right, our last one here is going to be uh, our hidden gem. This is a song that uh, maybe some people, it flew under the radar for you. Maybe you forgot about it. Might not have been the biggest hit. But uh, Kevin, well, let's talk about yours. So there are a lot of big hits on Van Halen's 1984. Yes. But my favorite song off of that album wasn't uh, on the charts. It was Drop Dead Legs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's my <laughs> He's like one of the Muppets there. <laughs> 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 laughing at himself. Yes, Drop Dead Legs, good song. Nah, that's a good one to crank that up. Was that was my that's, favorite. That kinda, but, that's kind of well, like... Oh, being a runner, right? Is that kind of like that? No, no, nothing to do with running. <laughs> Matt, your my, hidden gem. My, my hidden gem, I'll, I'll cross the fence and go on, on the church side. Just let me give you all something you don't you don't normally ever get to hear. But yeah. this is a good one to look up. Uh, the Old Rugged Cross. <laughs> you ever heard of it? By Bill and Gloria. <laughs> you ever heard You ever heard <laughs> No, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Mylon Lefever, and we're going to go with some more. Oh. It, it is just a powerful, good song. That is one of my all-time favorite songs. Regardless of genre. Oh, yeah. That is, I'll preach it here, Mm -hmm. but that should be every Christian's prayer. Oh, yeah. Yes. Good song. Yeah. My list ever, more. Good song. Love it. Love it. Hidden Jim. All right. Well, mine is also a uh, contemporary Christian song. Laya! (laughs) 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 Send Me an Angel by Real Life. Send me. that one church all the time (laughs) so mine also is a christian song yeah yeah modern day delilah by van stevenson
So yeah, he's a little known guy. He later became a country star with uh, the band Blackhawk. So they had some big hits like in the 90s on the countryside. But I've always liked this song. Doesn't sound country at all, but it's a good song. Are there any uh, other hidden gems that you guys came across during your recollection of 1984? Run, run away. Good one. Hello Again by the Cars off of Heartbeat City. I'm going to say, i got a couple of them here. One is What If I'd Been the One by 38 Special. The other one is Girls by Dwight Twilley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are two things. By Dwight Twilley. Dwight by Motley Crue. Yes. Girls, girls. You know, Motley Crue listened to Dwight Twilley's song like, you know what, we can make a song three times better. <laughs> 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 so that's it. Guys, we have gone through wow. all ten years of the 80s. Wow. Oh, Pretty wow. exhaustive. We'll probably do it again in a couple more years. These are topics we could probably revisit a hundred times, but thank you for giving us the last ten episodes of the 80s. I think we've done a pretty good job. It's been fun, that's for sure. Alright, so we are going to close with another song from 1984. If you went to Cardo's, Yes. No doubt you heard this. Yes. Until next time, this is White Horse by Laid Back. Thank you all for listening to Living in the 80s. Until next time, take care and God bless. If you want to ride, don't ride the white horse. If you want to ride, don't ride the white horse. Good one.